podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. Hello and a warm welcome to episode 20 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. My guest this afternoon is Alex Talbot, also known as The Chosen Man, Alexander Calloway. How's it going? Very well, thank you. How about yourself? Not too bad, mate, not too bad. Just been out for a walk. It's a bit nippy out, but not not too bad. But I'm back now for this. Just a pleasure getting you on for this today, mate. No, no problem. Absolute pleasure to be here. Got to be careful going for these walks these days. You never know who's infected around us. My old man came out with that on the phone before. Should <laughs> should you should you be out? I was like, well, we haven't been told otherwise yet. So yeah, until I'm told, no, it was all right. Brisk, brisk walk. Anyway, right. I always begin with this question: When did you first start watching wrestling? Oh, um, oh God, I, I don't know when it was exactly. Um, but it was, it was a WCW show, um, and it was back in the day when Cartoon Network used to swap over at nine o'clock to TNT. Yeah. And you used to get Nitro, and I remember being a kid, and my bedtime was nine o'clock. It was, I was that young, like, and I had to be up for school, and, and I'd, I'd just sit quietly in the room, and hope no one had noticed me, and I'd let Cartoon Network clock over, and I'd sit there, and I can re- I can remember, it, my first memory is Goldberg, just, just coming out in all of the, sort of the sparks and the fireworks that he used to do, and ah, it was amazing, and like, from then I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Obviously you've said Goldberg was like one of the first ones you can remember, who, who were some of your favourites among the, the roster in WCW at that time? Oh, it was Goldberg was one of them. Um, it, it's got to be said. Um, I was a massive NWO fan as well. Um, I liked the bad guys. Like I've always liked the bad guys. Um, but yeah, I can remember. I think who else was there at the time when they started doing the cruiserweight stuff as well. Um, and you had like you had Jericho there. You had you had Eddie. You had uh, Dean Malenko um, and all sorts. It was just it was just exciting to watch because it wasn't. It was different, do you know what I mean? I'm with you, I'm with you. I was watching, obviously I was, what, did you watch WWF as well then? Um, well, no, because I didn't get it at the time. So to start with, I was just watching these little Nitro segments and stuff like that. And then it was a, a friend of the family's was like, oh, has he started watching wrestling? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tape it. For, it was back in the days where you could tape the wrestling. <laughs> so then what he'd do is he'd tape it for me in the night time. Yeah. And then he'd bring me the tape on the weekend. I'd watch it and then I'd take it take the tape back to him and he'd do it again for me and stuff like that so I started off just WCW and then it was WWE he came in probably a couple of months afterwards what what styles of wrestling did you like obviously you know you've said about the cruiserweights so I'm assuming you like the, the fast paced action and that style uh, yeah what, what sort of styles it was I think it was just the contrast to be fair because you had these monsters like like, like Goldberg I've mentioned his name loads there like Goldberg, it was just this huge, like just specimen of a bloke throwing people around. But then on the other hand, on the other hand, you had these smaller guys that were just quick, fat, and they'd hit you with moves out of nowhere and like the reversals and stuff like. That. It was, oh, it was amazing. I like, I really do think it was like a golden era of of sort of wrestling. 
the whole Monday Night Wars and stuff like that. Brilliant. Who who in WWE then? Oh, I say WWE, WWF. Who stood out for you back it, then? It was the it was the Undertaker. As soon as I started watching WWE, WWF, I was I was captivated by this giant of a man who who'd be beaten to crap. And that, can I say that? Sorry, beaten. You to can crap. say uh, um, we've had many people swearing on here. Don't you worry. That's all right. You're all right. Um, I try and behave myself, but like he'd get the absolute crap beaten out of him. And then he'd sit up, and uh, like that to me was like that was the ultimate sort of superhuman. And like I believed when I was a kid that this kid, this this bloke could do this. Like I believed that this was real, um, and this man was out there, and ah, uh, incredible. How did training in wrestling begin for you? Um, I always wanted to, um, but it was one of those like, nah, nah, it'll never happen. Nah, it'll never happen. And then one day my, my missus said to me, she was like, well, why not? And I was like, yeah, actually, why not? So I found a training school, um, got in touch with them, was like, can I come down? And they were like, yeah, carry on. And it was as easy as that. When did you have your first match then, Alex? Well, when did that come about? Oh, it was my first sort of match, and I'm using it in air quotes. It was uh, an over-the-top Royal Rumble spot. And it was, uh, it was in Kingshurst in Birmingham. And I didn't have any wrestling gear or anything, and it was just—it was just to get a feel of things, um, and yeah, just work the match and get thrown over the top rope, and it was—it was great. And I remember coming backstage after the match, and just—I was absolutely buzzing because, like, I'd been out there and I'd done something that I'd always wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, fair play. Like, I, I didn't—I, me personally. Which didn't have the didn't have the schools at this end at North Wales. Now it's a different kettle of fish. But I always wanted to train, uh, but obviously a bit bit older now, and it just didn't happen for me. But uh, cool, cool that you could get trained there where you are. I'm, I'm presuming you're from Birmingham, Midlands way. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, the Black Country. Yeah. Just to fast forward a bit now, like with the progression, um, when did you formulate your first gimmick, and what was your gimmick? Um, my first gimmick, I was a Russian character called Victor Romanov. Um, my promotion at the time that I was working for, great promotion. Um, I've still got a lot of love for him now. Um, a company called Pro Wrestling Live, PWL, in, based out of Darlaston. Um, they are very much the traditional style of wrestling. The way they brought me into the business was second to none, like with the respect levels and what you have to learn to start with. And I honestly believe if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have the sort of enthusiasm and platform that I have now. They were brilliant, but they they wanted like a Russia, like a big Russian character, and I was a big guy, and I could do a semi-convincing Russian accent. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll do that. That sounds like fun." <laughs> how how often were you getting booked around that time then for different promotions, or were you just with them? Um, with PWL, it was the schedule was intense. Um, we were wrestling every weekend. You'd have at least at least a Friday or a Saturday night. We'd have a show. Um, sometimes both, sometimes a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes you'd have a Friday night, a Saturday morning, a Saturday evening, a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening. Like, the matches that we, we managed to get in. And, like, during school holidays and stuff like that, they do outdoor camp shows and stuff like that. And, like, I could easily wrestle 300 matches in a year. And I think I probably did close to that, like, because they're just so busy. Um, and it, it, like, but, like, that is, that is experience that you, you can't buy that, do you know what I mean? Actual ring time, being out there, yeah. learning. Yeah, it's incredible. It did a good, good way of cutting your teeth, I suppose, when you're in the early years with the character and stuff like that. That amount of 
that amount of matches, high high level, high amount of matches. That uh, very much so. Like I say, it's one of the things that I'm probably most grateful for. The guy that runs the business, a guy called Mad Dog Max, Matt Powell. Um, he's got an extremely loyal fan base. They turn up in like their hundreds to every show that he puts on. He could put a show on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and he'd get the draw Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And yeah, it was just, it was great. It was it was. And it, it almost felt like the old school going from town to town because all you were going from town to town, you were going from venue to different venue to different venue and setting up and everything was different, a little bit different here, a little bit different there. So you'd see a few new faces, a few few old faces and it, yeah, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Right, just to go a bit further on into your career, obviously I called you the chosen man, Andy Calloway, when I introduced you. So how did you how did you come away from the Russian gimmick? So then becomes Xander Calloway. How did that come about? Um, well, um, I, I parted ways with PWL, um, and I I decided to try something new. And I was I taught a valuable lesson when you were there is making sure that your, your character reflects yourself and is something you want to do. So Xander, Alex, Alexander. It was it was easy. It was my first name. It was you know some called me Al, someone called me Alex. You know it was it was always. It, you, you covered yourself, do you know what I mean? Because I remember a couple of times when I was Victor Romanov, people would be going, oh, Romanov, oh, Victor, and I'd just be none the wiser still looking at the wall or something like that. Oh, yeah, me, sorry, that's me. But yeah, so, like, I took that away from it. And then Callaway is obviously, a, like, a tribute to Mark Callaway, the Undertaker, yeah. because I'm just a massive, I'm a massive, massive Undertaker, Mark. But yeah, so I sat there and I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something, something new. And... I, like I, I used to sit there and like cut promos to myself and stuff like that. I remember one of the things that I came up with was, um, you know, I wasn't born for this, but I was chosen for this, and so and I was like chosen for the chosen man. Yeah, that'll work. And a quick, a quick Google search on the on the old Facebook and whatnot. No one else sort of had that sort of thing, so I was like, right, that's it. That's what I'm doing. Did you change your move set when you changed character? Um, slightly. I, I just started doing things that the big Russian wouldn't have done before. So, like, I was a lot more agile with some of the stuff that I was doing. I was always one of the, the bigger guys, because I am a big guy. But I could do, I could do, like, a good drop kick. I could do, like, a good running knee. I could do all of these bigger moves that you wouldn't expect a guy my size to be able to do. So I just thought, well, I'll give them a go now, and I'll mix it up with them. So, yeah, so I just, I implemented a little bit of that in. So, like, in the middle of a match, some, sometimes now, you'll, you'll see me doing the, the big suplexes, the big slams, and stuff like that, but... I'll pull out like a running knee, and yeah, so it just it, it, it gets a different reaction from the crowd. They don't expect it, and it's it's good fun to do. Who's been passing through there? Is there any talent that are standing out? Well, locally for me, there's there's absolutely tons. We're fortunate to live like in the Midlands, which is sort of like the hot spot of British wrestling. Like I'd argue to say it was it's the heart of British wrestling at the minute. Um, there's some. The, 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 there's guys that are being signed at the minute that are just unbelievable. There's a guy called uh, Levi Mer that's just been signed by the WWE. I met him like a year and a half ago, and we were in Oldbury backstage at a show, just you know, having just having a chat and stuff like that. He was working a match on the show. I was working a match on the show. Next thing you know, the guy's getting signed. But there's there's, there's so much talent in the local promotions. You've got like Kamikaze Pro are doing really well at the minute. They they're their sort of school have got shows that they run. They call Kamikaze Live Shows. There's there's, there's guys on there. There's guys uh, called Second to None. Big guy called Mitch Gibbons um, and his tag team partner, which is Luke Luca. Um, 
managed by Hammer Healy and Lucia Lee. That's a faction that, that they're, they're brilliant together. They're just big, horrible, nasty pairs of work. Do you know what I mean? Um, and they do brilliantly together. There's there's other guys that have come out. Um, there's Danny Reed. He's a lot younger. He's more of your, your baby face sort of guy. Um, he trains hard. He works hard. And um, he's got a good fan following so far, which is cool. You've got, you've got people that have been doing it for a while that the spotlight are only just finding them. Um, two of my particular favourites, I'm going to say this because they're great mates of mine as well, uh, 2K and CJ Rawlings, alter ego. They are two of the best hands in the Midlands. They can work with anybody. They can do anything and they're brilliant. You've got other solo guys. You've got a guy called Devin Briggs coming through who was a, a guy that I trained with at PWL. Absolutely great hand and he's just starting to find his feet now again on the independent circuit. You've got Chantal Jordan. Um, I mean, she speaks for herself. She's absolutely everywhere at the minute. Um, but we've you've, we've got guys that are coming down from like Wales and stuff that are, are trying to wrestle. Like um, this guy called Bishop, absolutely great hands. You've got like the likes of Alex Cupid, all guys that I've had on wrestling for, funnily enough. But they're they're just they're so eager to work, um, and they they've been brought in the right way. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable plethora of talent. There's so many match types and capabilities with the amount of people coming through. It's been like this for a long time, though, hasn't it, Alex? Yeah. Britain has been thriving, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's just going from strength to strength. And it, it's good because we've got like we've got a diverse sort of age gap now, where the new the new talent coming in are being mentored by the older talent, which you never well I didn't say you never normally got, but like in the seventies and the eighties, you wouldn't have got that as much. It was a case of sink or swim. But I, I like to think there's, there's a lot more harmony in the backstage than there was in the, the sort of... I can't speak for, you know, from first-hand experience because, you know, it was always pleasant when I was doing it. But from, like, the older guys, from what they've been saying, the, the sort of backstage vibe now is a lot more healthy than what it used to be, which is nice. People are looking out for each other and helping each other more than they ever have been, which is nice. Always good, man. And just to go back to you... Have you had? Have you sustained any injuries? Yeah, like I've, I've had a couple of dings and knocks and stuff like that. Um, you know, you, you do pick up them along the way. The worst one I've got is I tore my rotator cuff in my shoulder. Um, that was pretty severe. Um, that put me out for almost a year. That did it probably actually probably over a year actually. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that really limited what I could and couldn't do. Uh, set me back massively. Yeah. But that's that's probably the worst of it. Thankfully, it didn't require surgery. It wasn't as bad as as they thought. But yeah, it was definitely a long time before I could I could even pick up a you know like a a, a pint of a pint of beer with one with that hand, let alone like a person. So I like to you know I like younger people who listen to the show to hear this. You know, guys that want to go into it. Yeah. You know, this is the this is the nature of it, isn't it? You know, you can. You're gonna get injuries, aren't you? Yeah, it's just part of it. The, the best, the best thing you can do, and it was the best thing that I was always taught, is just just work safe before before you practice all the big moves and all the flash things that you, you see on TV. Work safe, like practice the basics over and over and over and over again until you until you're sick of them, and then practice them another a hundred times more. I can't stress that enough. It's the way I was taught to do things, and it's always served me well. Also, bring the first aid kit with you to shows. Just look after yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like in my bag, I've always got like antiseptic wipes. I've got 
bandages, tape, yeah. um, all sorts, of, you know, anything that you'd need just in case of an injury, just to make sure, so I, I know I can look after myself, painkillers and stuff like that. I mean, it's not, it's not too bad nowadays because like most places have got like, like medical staff on standby and first aid kits and stuff, but it's always good just in case that at least you know you've got yourself covered. Yeah. So it's so professionally done, isn't it? At shows, even even you know regional shows. It, it, it is, yeah. It's come a long way from from how it was to, to how it is. I think I think the, the like the more it's developed, people have realised. Well, hang on a minute. We don't have to. We don't have to work in a grungy room and like have no sort of care and responsibility for the workers. We don't have to do this anymore. We don't have to work for these people. So they've eventually weeded themselves out. Now, obviously, I've had some, I've had some background on you. I just like to know. I just like to hear about your depression, if we could talk about that. Of course, yeah. Just to, you know, segue out the rest of the bit. You know, a bit more personal to you, because obviously, I know you'll want to talk about it, and the listeners will want to hear about it. It's your story, so yeah. Just if you could talk about the, the about depression you had. Yeah, so it was it was when I picked up my injury, really, more than anything. Um, I had a lot going at home, personal wise, that you know, I won't go into, but. Um, I I was shouldering a lot of responsibility and took a lot on. I was dealing with a lot of things. There was a lot of things that I couldn't do before that I could do that, that, well, that I could do before that I couldn't do now. I, I'd sort of lost my escape because wrestling was my sort of escape from like the real world. Even if I was just at the gym, like I was, it was always wrestling related because I was only at the gym because I wanted to be a good wrestler. So yeah, I found myself spiraling massively. Um, not not even realising it to start with, and like, it was it was awful. Like I'd, I'd wake up some days and I'd just I'd lie in bed for hours at a time, and like people think, oh, that's just being lazy. It's not me. It, well, I wasn't. It wasn't doing it because I was being lazy. I'd just wake up and I'd just lie there. The same as I'd, I'd get up and I'd, I'd go downstairs and I'd sit on the sofa. It felt like seconds, but it had been hours that I'd just wasted being sat in the same place. I, I'd, there's, there's, I'd get emotional just randomly I'd just sit there and I'd just get myself I'd just get upset over yeah. over nothing and then like I'd, again like without thinking I'd put on the brave face in front of everybody else and no one would ever think there was anything wrong with me it was a long time that I dealt with sort of that for um, I just like I said I didn't have an outlet I didn't have no. anywhere to go I didn't have I didn't want to put my I didn't want to put my burdens on anybody else. Um, I felt like there was no one that I could talk to because I was always meant to be this happy-go-lucky, quiet, confident person. And here I was sat in my living room, sobbing my eyes out with absolutely no reason for it. Yeah, it was a very, very difficult time. Thanks for talking about this, Alex. It, it, you know, no, no. it's it's good that you can talk about it now. You know, and it, this this will help people tell you. Well, this is this is one of the reasons why, like, I, st- I started doing what I was doing, um, because, like, I I just I isolated myself so much, um, and it took me a while to to get friendships back and stuff. And all I can say is that if anybody is feeling that way out there, it's normal. Like, it's okay to be sad and down and depressed. Like, people deal with this a lot more than you think. So don't think you're a burden on people by struggling because you're not. Because I guarantee there is much more, there are many more people out there that want to help you that will roll their eyes and go, oh God, this again. Do you know what I mean? More people out there will want to help you than want to put you down, I promise you that. That's it, man. That's it. It's uh, 
what's been ha- happening currently with you within wrestling? Um, so mainly while I've been recovering and getting myself back in shape and stuff, I I started up a promotion. I say I started up a promotion. I did one show. Um, my next door neighbour, her daughter was very severely epileptic as a child, um, and this charity had donated so much like equipment, and they'd got them booked in for medical appointments and stuff that were were near impossible to get hold of. Um, and this charity had sorted it all out, and she said to me, I want to raise some money for them. Have you got any ideas? And I said, yeah, I'll put on a wrestling show, as a bit of a joke. Um, and then it developed, oh, actually, no, hang on. I've told them I'm going to do a wrestling show, now I'm going to do a wrestling show. So I've, ha- I've begged, borrowed, steal, ple- stole, pleaded with anybody that I could. Um, I've got a roster together, I've got a venue together. Um massive shout out to Fight Club Pro they donated their ring for me and we put this show on in the middle of a middle of a town that didn't really have wrestling and raised a decent bit of money for them um, and put on I'd like to say a, a relatively good show um, with some with some names that you know I'm, I'm, to be honest I'm surprised that I got who, who job on Al? Um, at the Hunter Brothers uh, I had Clint Margera I had Chuck Mambo I had Sean Custer, um, I had Mr. Williams, uh, who else did I have? I had a load of people, um, racking my brain, Alex Cupid, Damon Moser, Amari, there was there was so many people, that, like Elliot Jordan, so many people that like donated and wanted to come down and help out, it was unbelievable. It's a, power, it's a powerful business, mate. It is, mate, it is. Do you get chance to watch wrestling? Now I ask people within the industry, and a lot of the time they say you don't get chance to watch it. Um, I watch as much as I can. Um, some days, some weeks, I can watch more than others. But yeah, I try and watch anything and everything. Um, I'll be honest, I, I, I do neglect the whole Japanese side of things a lot. Um, but your mainstream sort of American wrestling and uh, anything that I can get on Turnbuckle TV and stuff like that. Uh, massive shout out to Turnbuckle TV as well. What a service that they provide. Um, I try and watch as much as I can. What have you been watching? Which promotions? Um, well, you've got the main ones around by me, which are Kamikaze and Folly Club. Yeah. Um, they're putting on incredible shows every month. And then I've been watching a lot of TNT. I've been watching um, a lot of DNA wrestling. There's, there's so many wrestling resurgence. They're doing some absolutely incredible things. Um, progress are obviously progress. You can't complain with progress. Just, just also as much as I can. There's a, there's a lot of local guys. There's like New Breed, um, Full Force. Um, they're also local to me, but they're on Turnbuckle TV. That are doing great things as well. Hope Wrestling, Sacrifice Wrestling. They're brilliant. They're all brilliant. Like everybody should be watching them. They're brilliant. UBW. They're another one. Yeah, they're great. They're great. What, what about internationally? Like, obviously, I'm just going to say them. I'll say the main two, like the, the E and uh, AEW. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I watch I watch more of the E than the AEW. Yeah, um, I do. Um, I'm I'm a suckler for the old school, and AEW is a good product and stuff like that. But the thing that spoils AEW for me is like some of the, the some of the fans are idiots. <laughs> like some of the stuff that I read online, it just drives me absolutely insane. What, what have you read? Oh, just people just can't enjoy a product for what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's all. It always seems like it's point scoring, and they're always trying to. AEW is better than WWE because of this. Oh no, WWE is better than AEW because of that. And like, I get it. It's healthy to have competition at some point, but like, 
I just get bored of it. I do get bored of it a hell of a lot. And like the thing that annoys me with AEW a lot as well is they all proclaim that they're, you know, oh, it's a new generation of wrestling, and you know, we're we're not we're breaking away from the WWE. And I think to myself that half of the guys on the roster were ex WWE guys, and I'm sick of the, the, the them calling shots and stuff like that. You know, they're always having a sly dig at WWE and all the promos and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you don't need to do that. You're better than that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> don't don't state it in the first place, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. We all know what you're doing. We all know why yeah. you're there. That's enough. I watched Dynamite from last night. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um, I've, I've seen the reveal of who it is. Yes, Mr. Should we, are we allowed to say who yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's, uh, it's Brody Lee. Yeah. Um, which, which, do you know what? I think it's brilliant for him. Absolutely brilliant. He was, He's a hell of a, he, hell of a worker, a hell of a character. Yeah. It was just in Bray Wyatt's shadow where he, he's always he's always been able to speak, hasn't he? They just didn't yes. give him give him the platform, did they? At which no. they had umpteen chances with him as, as Luke Harper, didn't they? they? They tried it a little bit, didn't they? But they never never pulled the trigger for me on him. No, no. I thought, I mean, he had a good intercontinental title. Yeah, he was Ziggler yeah. and that. He had a couple. Yeah. He had a couple, actually. Um, but yeah, no, he, he could have been a, a main player. But, but the, the thing is with WWE is there are so many people there that could be main players. It's, it's inevitable that, you know more are going to fail than that are going to succeed because there is only one top spot and everybody's trying to get to it. So, whereas AEW seem to be picking up everybody and having everybody have a fair share slice of the, the pie, but again, it's inevitable that there's only one AEW champion, so there's only one top spot. What's your view on the empty stadiums and, and the performance centre filming being empty? I think it's brilliant. I think in a time where everybody's struggling, and everybody's getting a bit peed off and, you know, they're fed up and they're stuck at home quarantining and stuff like that in isolation. The fact that they're still making sure that they can produce content for their fans, uh, uh, what's got to be a huge financial loss for them because they're not they're not earning any anything in ticket sales, they're not earning anything in merchandise revenue. So you've got to understand that they're, they're probably running at a hell of a loss but they're still making sure that they put out content for the fans to watch. And I think that's what we need. No, I'm with, I'm with you on that. Obviously, the, the amount of sport... i tell you what was on, just to go off the wrestling topic. The, the Aussie, Aussie Rules Football was on live today on BT. No one in the stadium, but there can't be much sport going on outside the wrestling now. No, no, there's, there's not. Everything's been cancelled. Like even, even local sports and stuff, because I'm, you know, I'm, there's a couple of pub teams and stuff that I'm involved with and stuff. And like pool teams have been cancelled. Yeah. Arts has been cancelled. You know, so everything that you had that you used to do during the week has has all been cancelled. So you've got nothing. So the fact that wrestling is still carrying on, like that to me, is, is brilliant. I like what AEW did last night as well. They had MJF, uh, Sean Spears. Sammy Guevara was down there at one point. He was singing uh, Jericho's music when he's coming out of Judas. Like, but they had heels and faces either side at ringside. Yeah. So it give it at least it give it a little bit of atmosphere. Well, this is it. You know, this is this is, the, this is the chance now for him to, to for everybody to try something different and see how it works. It's but like I said, I'm just I'm grateful the wrestling's not gone anywhere. What about WrestleMania being done over two days? Uh, what do you what are your thoughts on that one? Um. If anybody can make anything like this work, it's the WWE. I'm looking at it 
from an outsider's point of view, going, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be awful. You know, I'm not, oh, this is going to be strange. Um, but I understand why. It's, it's one of those, it's, um, how can I ever put this? It's experimental. And it doesn't matter what happens, this WrestleMania will always be, be talked about. They obviously, they're obviously using Rob Gronkowski as well, aren't they? Yes, they use him to sort of like host it, aren't they, or something? It's, it's obviously you can, you know, it can polarize wrestling, then, can't it? They can get, yeah. you know, they can get everyone in, involved, can't they? You know, football fans, NFL fans. So I can kind of understand in the current the way it is. It make it does make sense to me that. Like I said, if anybody can pull anything like this out of the bag, it's going to be a company like the WWE. Um, it's either going to be brilliant or it's going to be awful, but either way, it's going to be remembered. I just get like you know, it's, pe- it's people moaning about it. It's out of their, it's out of their hands. <laughs> yeah, it's well, I get it. But like, what would you rather them do? Would you rather them go? All right, stop. We'll pause everything until we can have a show in the stadium again. Yeah. And then we'll start WrestleMania again because it, that's not going to work. You know, you've got storylines that they've been building, and you, you can't just they stretch these storylines over for another two months or another three months or however long it's going to be. Because they're just going to get old, boring and stale. Um, so you've got to have, you've got to end these storylines somehow. And I think this is the best way to do it. Um, I read somewhere that they were going to have like the Hall of Fame or something at SummerSlam. All it'll mean is that SummerSlam will be the big pay-per-view this year rather than WrestleMania. Which, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing in the in the you know grand scheme of things, is it? No, not at all. It, it's it, they get a good they get a good good pull for SummerSlam, don't they? So yeah, yeah exactly. It, 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 you can delay that. It, it's it's fine. Just just chuff the bulldogs going in. Yeah. Well, this, this is it. This is this is the thing that this is the um, the only thing that I feel sorry for. Like all of these people, where it's their first ever WrestleMania and their their first ever big sort of spots in WrestleMania, they're they're going to have sort of like a diluted experience. But again, hopefully, right, this just means that next WrestleMania will be extra special. That, uh, the stadium in LA looks something else for next year. Oh, when that when that thing's going to be ready, it's going to be unbelievable. My missus won't let me go anymore. Like I used to, that used to be my yearly thing. Used to go over with the, with the lads, you know. I'm very jealous. I've never been. Unbelievable, great trips. Like you know, um, couldn't recommend it enough as as a holiday. Um, we've had. You know, one of the, one of the guys has been 10, 11 times now. Um, wow! It's just incredible. I've made a really good bunch of pals. You know, out of going to him. So yeah, that's amazing. Fun, funnily enough, one of my mates is is from down your end. He's like Sam Samwell and Dudley end. So oh well, okay. yeah, I'll yeah. My mate Ant, yeah. So he's he's not far from you, like so yeah. But uh, yeah, if you can ever get to one, mate, I recommend I'll it. Do, uh... I think I want to tell the missus it's time to put my foot down. <laughs> <laughs> LA, LA would be a good one. It would, wouldn't half. It wouldn't half, especially that new building. Wow. Alex Talbot, also known as the Chosen Man, Xander Calloway. Thank you very much for coming on today, mate. It's been my absolute pleasure. Podcast Network.